0: Welcome everybody to the KSP Podcast presented by Kentucky Sports Productions. I'm Wyatt alongside Bryson Corbin on January 12th, a partly cloudy day in Kentucky. Guys, I think this is going to be a show that we're going to have a lot to say. We're going to take your alls calls later in the second second half of the show, but I think we'd be remiss if we didn't start at Saturday's game against Alabama. Now, we're not going to dive in deep to this game because I think most of our takes are going to be from South Carolina, what happened on Tuesday night. But we go down to Tuscaloosa hoping to finally pick up a big win. And I think one thing about this team that is confusing to me, if you look at Cal's greatest teams, whether it be 2010, 12, the undefeated team or Fox Mucks year, they demolished the bad teams. And they would win the games they were supposed to win at home. And this team has done that up until this up until Tuesday night against South Carolina. They destroyed all the bad teams they've played throughout the year. They won the two games at home in Yale at, Yale and uh, LSU, that they were supposed to win, went to London, supposed to win that game against Michigan, and they won. The five quad one games, they're 0-5 in, and they haven't won. And that's the confusing part, I think, of this year so far, that they haven't won one of those big games. So going down to Alabama, everyone kind of thought, maybe this is where we right the ship on that 0-4 start to the quad one games. But we failed to score. The defense looked good in the first half, but which I thought was something that would keep this team in a lot of games, even if they struggled scoring-wise. Defensively, they looked good in the first half. Struggled the second half in the scoring. You know, it took two threes in the last minute of Antonio Reeves in the Alabama game to even score 52. So I think fans coming out of that, that game looked over the South Carolina game. Now, I was at the game. You two watched it at home, so you all might have a different perspective of it than I do. But... It was an all-systems failure on Kentucky's part. We started the game down 11-2. We were never in the game. Um, it was interesting. you know. We were sitting close enough to to watch Cal and hear Cal, and I probably watched Cal more so than I did the game. And I could get the feeling that whatever he was trying wasn't working. The frustration, everybody, nobody on the bench was standing up cheering. The coaches looked frustrated. Called an early timeout, and the, the rep arena for the first time that I had been in there was full of booze. And it was confusing to me because I wasn't suspecting that. And we go into halftime down 10. And, you know, the the mood of let's win this game by, you know, be up 8 or 9 the whole game, win by 15, which is what I thought was going to happen. We then transition going into the second half down 10. Let's just win. Let's just win. And I think the entire crowd felt the same way of let's just win. And... We come out the first few minutes of that second half, and it doesn't look like that's going to happen. We remain down 10. You know, we cut the lead down to six, seven a few times, and they immediately extend it right back to 11. They hit a three. They hit a three. we
1: can't play defense. We
0: can't, you know. And so coming out of the eight-minute media timeout, and we had a lineup of Chris Livingston, Xavier Wheeler, Oscar, Lance Ware, and C.J. Frederick. So we got
1: one person who can score.
0: One person who can score. We're down five, and so it confused me. The lineups that Cal continues to put out. We're halfway through the year, and he still does not have. He has no clue. He has. A, he doesn't have a lineup that he can put out there and say, "Go get me a basket." And we've had that in years past. And we don't so we a basket getter. We we come down to the final mm-hmm. few moments of the game, and Severe, you know, knocks it out of the Johnson kid's hand. And we have, a, we have a shot with 20 seconds left. We actually get two threes off, thanks to an Oscar offensive and rebound.
1: And offensive rebound and stands there waiting for the coach to call a timeout. Nothing.
0: And so up until that point, during the timeout, we were down three, and I sat there, the person I was with, and and I looked and I thought, if we lose this game, that just feels like, to me, the final straw in this Cow era. I disagree. And yeah, well we'll, well, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get to what the implications of the cow era are. So we'll talk about those implications. But first, I sat there and I thought and I felt something for the first time that I hadn't felt until that monk fox year when we lost. We lost, you know, Luke May last second shot. That was probably the last on a great walk, team. By what, the way, wouldn't you walk. all agree that was the last great team that we uh, had? Nope.
1: The coach, the, um, the one that canceled Maxie, the tournament. But, yeah. but yeah. the hey, one
0: yes. that got the last great team that got to play in the tournament. Yep. Wouldn't that be it? Yep. And so watching that, I don't know. End, last year's team was good, but we but hold on. We came stumbling into that tournament. Ty Ty was hurt. Oscar was getting triple teamed. Kellen Grady couldn't shoot. I didn't feel like last year. We were a great team. We were a good team. But, but Cal and Gray could the, shoot
1: for most of the year.
0: The Monk-Fox team to me felt like the last great team that we had. And it ended. And that feeling I had after that game, I'll remember it. And I, Because I haven't had that feeling until the game against South Carolina. Because objectively, and you all can chime in, objectively, looking out, looking at the, the Cal era from afar, you can say it's been great. Correct. Correct. Okay. Yes. It's been great. Second so,
1: best ever. So,
0: so watching that end, it, to me, it gave me the feeling of watching a great team lose. Because it felt like the end of an era that has been great. How
1: do you think the era of greatness ended now? And not when we went 9-16. and and Not when we lost to St. Peter's. Mm-hmm. What made the loss to South Carolina be like... This is the end. We've had three years Well, of because being I think, and bec- laughed
0: at. Right, because I think you have a build-up to that, right? I don't think one bad year kicks him out of Kentucky. I don't think two bad years kicks him out of Kentucky. But I do think that fam, fans like yourself are fed up with them. And I think losing at home as a 19-and-a-half-point favorite to the worst team in the SEC, came in without an SEC loss, came in with a losing record, came in with a brand-new head coach, losing that game at home with, with the crowd that they had, the intensity that they played with, it felt like, to me, just being there. And the fans tried their hardest, the ones that were there, to get this team, you know, to get a stop. But it felt like that it was the final straw. It felt like even if they make the tournament, which we'll get to that in a second, how this game probably took us out of it. But even if we make the tournament... It it just doesn't feel like anything they did do did or can do will be enough to restore those fans that are done with Cal to a next you know to to give him more time here.
2: I think just his number one recruiting class maybe ever.
0: I think that that. Should... Well, and that and that's the question because you know people are trying to run him out. You know, the, you had the guy with the sign, Cal, please leave for, for Texas, right? And you know, Corbin and I have had this debate. Of, you know, you want him gone. I don't. I don't want him gone. But you're more, you're less optimistic that he can turn it around than I am.
1: I just think I I would rather have someone else, but if we have Cal.
0: Well, here's the point I want to make. I want him and to change. I always say Cal that. Cal won't change. Well, I've always said, you know, since these rumors of Texas have come up, I've said, look, he's going to take those guys with him. And the people that think they're coming for Kentucky are wrong. They're not coming for Kentucky. They're coming for him, and he'd go wherever he could go to anywhere, and that's where they Reed would Shepherd go. Won't uh-huh. Reed Well, Reed Shepherd's the exception, but if you think Reed Shepard, if you too. if you think Kentucky is going to have a great year next year with Reed Shepherd the star player, then I Jay think Wright. you're wrong. But
1: what about under Jay Wright?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, but here's with the transfers. thing. Well, hold on. We'll get to who could be Cal's replacement in a second. Because Reed
1: Shepherd beat Robert Dillingham when they played. One-on-one, mm-hmm. when their team's played and that whatever's on ESPN, yeah. Reed well, Shepard looked a million times better than Rob Dillon.
0: The point I think you're trying to make is that, yes, we have this great class coming in next year, but we're at Kentucky. We are not the school that gets to be halfway through this year and say, well, at least there's next year. That's what Vanderbilt does. Yeah, That's what also, Florida does. Also,
1: didn't we have a great class when we had B.J. Boston, and Terrence Clark, and Devin Ashew and Olivier Saar, all those guys sound like they could win a national championship. Well, and Stina. then they come here and go 9 Nate, Sustina, Nate Sustina. They come here and go 9-16.
0: I also believe that if you take the notion, which I do, of, okay, let's give him next year with this class that's probably the greatest recruiting class in the history since they've started following this stuff. If you just say, okay, well, look at next year's class, he's always going to have a good class. So it's never going to be, well... You can't, you know, you can never just keep saying that because there's only so many next years, right, before we start to take a look back and say maybe maybe he's not the guy for the job but anymore. But
1: it's not, I don't even think, the reason why I would be okay if you went to Texas is because we already have great players this year. We have Severe Wheeler, who led the SEC in assists two years in a row. C.J. Frederick, who led the nation in three-point percentage last year. The National Player of the Year returned. For the for a second year, that's only happened like three times ever. We have a top ten draft pick who walked out on this team halfway through the game. And we'll
0: get to that. We'll we'll talk about some of the rumors here in a moment. But go, keep going on to your point of of having have, these guys now.
1: We have Jacob Toppin, who is he a fifth year senior? Yes. We have Lance Ware, who's been here forever. Yeah. We've Antonio Reeves, who averaged twenty points at. Northern Illinois, is Southern. it?
0: Northern Illinois. One of the Illinois, one of the Directionals.
1: Yeah. And we're terrible. We're not even going to make the tournament with that team. If you lay that team out on paper and tell me that's who we have, I say, let's run it.
0: Yeah. I'll play well, anybody. So the,
1: Anytime, place, anywhere.
0: The two things, and that's what he used to say, the two things that made me feel the way I did after that game was... To me it felt like that was the final straw of the cow era, which has been great. And so it was kinda of sad to in my opinion, I watched that end. And I called both of you after the game and I said, If he's the coach next year, I will be shocked. I really will. And I still oh. feel that way. Three you know, three days after the game, I still feel that way. But, you know, it was the second part of what made me feel the way I felt was the understanding that we're probably not going to make the tournament with this loss. We're
1: definitely not going to make it.
0: What I thought this team was capable of and what they've done up until South Carolina was beat the bad teams and beat the teams they're supposed to beat at home. And hopefully you can go on the road and beat Ole Miss or something like that. They're terrible as well. And if you could do that, you would be 20 and 11. And we get the benefit of the doubt that Alabama gets in college football. Us, Duke, Kansas, we get the benefit of the doubt. They're going to do everything they can to put us in the tournament. And with a twenty and eleven record, I felt like they would do that and we could get in that way. But I mean, you look at our schedule. We've got Arkansas and Arkansas, Tennessee Los, and Tennessee. Four four losses. That's four losses Kansas right there. There's your ten loss. losses. Kansas is your fifth loss. And that's without even talking about we Auburn. Have, we have to go on the roll
1: at Vandy. At Vandy. We're gonna, who, lose, who, that <laughs> we're
0: gonna night, lose that game. Texas A and M last night. We're gonna lose we might lose to Vandy. Texas A and M last night played Missouri, Missouri rolled them, rolled them by 20.
2: So we might be the worst team in the SEC. We We are the worst. Well, right now,
0: it's not even, you don't even have to. And we're Kentucky. We used to roll these SEC teams by 40. You don't even have to make the case. We are the worst team in the SEC. And seeing that, after what we experienced last year, after what we experienced the COVID year, and everybody wants to dismiss the COVID year, everyone had a COVID year. And you want to point out, well, Duke didn't make it. Michigan State didn't make it. That's fine. We're not Duke. We're not Michigan State. We we haven't won a, we're haven't we supposed to
1: be the gold standard. We have, not the won, best of
0: all time. we have not won a tournament game since 2019. If the tournament started today, you would go ahead and add this year to that. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's why, to me, all of that combined at that game gave me the feeling, and maybe you all got a different perspective of it not being there, and I wish you all had been because we've been to almost all the games, and I called both of you and said, I wish you were at that one because combining all of those aspects, it just felt like, Since 2019, not having a tournament win, and the under the I think people are still holding out hope that we could turn this around. But turning this around looks like beating South Carolina at home, and now we're looking at Tennessee this Saturday. And now it's like, you know, we're gonna we're gonna take calls here in a moment, and we're gonna ask some of these people to you know fans predict what they think is gonna happen. I guarantee not one of them predict a win. And how could you? And it's probably not even gonna be close. No, we're if
1: we lose by less than twenty, I will be satisfied. Well, not satisfied, but I will think that we played as well if we as well as we could play, because they are going to roll us. They play modern basketball. That stupid Vescovy, or whatever he is, he knocks down every shot. You know why I hate Rick Barnes? You know I hate Rick Barnes. And he and he's
0: had Cal's number.
1: But. He runs an offense to get Vescovie wide open. Yeah. Why can't we do that with Antonio Reeves or C.J. Frederick?
0: Well, to that point, there was a stat that came out on Twitter yesterday of the most efficient lineups that Kentucky has. And there was one offense efficiency, hundred. I think it was 110, and the next was 58. And the lineup with the most efficiency on offense was Reeves, C.J. Frederick, Wallace running the point, Oscar, and Topham. That was the most efficient lineup, and it wasn't even close. Do you know how many plays, possessions that group has played this year? Under twenty. Twenty possessions. That's all the most efficient lineup we do have. Do you think he looks played. at that? I don't. Yes,
2: the coaches or someone have to look at it.
0: Okay. Well, let's let's shift to the report that came out today. Kyle mm-hmm. Tucker, of the Athletic, reported today that Calipari, his staff, do not game plan. the The scouting. Is left up to the grad assistant Riley Welch, who we hope to have on this podcast one day, and a video, an assistant video director. That should be they cause. are doing our that scouting. Should be just
1: cause for firing.
0: I mean that they are doing our scouting for these games, and it shows.
1: Yeah, we were at all three of us were at that St. Peter's game. Did yes. they not look nervous when they warmed up?
0: And they see, were... you you said you said that the you felt like last year's team was great, and I should have felt the way I felt with the Fox Smoke team losing to St. Peter's, I felt angry. I felt shocked almost against St. Peter's. But, but last year's team stumbled into the tournament, right? They, we, we've, we've mentioned it previously that Kellen was in a shooting slump. Mm-hmm. And you contribute that to nerves. And, and we watched them warm up. We were all there. Yeah. We watched them warm up. And I almost wonder, is our lineups so non-shooter friendly... Right, because they're scared to shoot. And so when they go in, some of our shooting lineups don't succeed. And I feel like, is that part of is that on the coach?
1: Yes, yeah, it's on the mm-hmm. coach because you can name Kellen Grady. You can name, do you remember how many last second shots Olivier Saar missed mm-hmm. when we missed the tournament? <laughs> well,
0: Jamal Baker, if you Every, remember back Jamal in PJ's Baker, year. you would
1: never play him. Dante Allen. Even though, I know Dante Allen's not very good, but he did have a very good game at Mississippi State, and he deserved to play that year when we went
0: 9-16. and He was just as good as anybody else on the team. Um, well, here's the thing. So we've got off on the report of, you know, that the, these these guys that are not being paid to coach are doing the scouting report. There's another report that came out today that this, and I've felt this way since, you know, maybe two or, two or three months ago, Of this is not all basketball-related. Some something is happening, not basketball-related, as to why this team is not successful. Mm-hmm. You see it on the bench; no one's standing up, no one's clapping. Case and Wallace, you know, no one will say it. We'll say it because no one else will. He, Cal, at the end of the at, at the end scared. of the game. Yeah, we're not scared. What are they gonna do? Yeah,
1: <laughs> take our press pass over. Here's the
0: thing. They, he said. Cal said this. Well, he said he had back spasms. I was at the He game. didn't have backspouts. He times, left. Just so everyone knows. Yeah, we're, we'll say it. He left. And typically what happens when someone gets you remember
1: hurt. Remember when Ashton Higgins
0: Yeah. left? Yeah.
1: We took a break from the team?
0: Yeah. Well, if he, typically, if it's a non-major injury, they will come back out, watch the rest of the game. That didn't happen. He wasn't on the bench. And so you've got players being asked to leave the bench or just leaving the bench because they don't want to play. You've got this report of Oscar and Severe have beef that have gone back to last year. You've got this report that Oscar might not even stay in the lodge and that he's kind of doing his own thing. But at some point,
1: don't you agree that that's on the head coach?
0: Well, I think it's a perfect storm. And I think that the common denominator is Cal, yes. But I think it's a perfect storm of this team, quite frankly, and I refuse to say it up until Tuesday night stinks. They're not good, and but they have great and players. that's and see and that's what we're trying to figure out. Is it Cal Is it that the guys hate each other? Is it that we have a grad assistant doing our scouting for these games? Or is it a combination of all? Because I well, the
1: grad assistant doing the scouting—that's on Cal too.
0: Well, you know that I I I think Cal should be here as long as he wants to be here, but I just don't feel like piling all of these other things onto him is a fair assessment of what Cal's doing coaching-wise.
1: When we went nine and sixteen, you could tell everybody on the team liked each other though. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were cheering. B.J. Boston, and Terrence Clark were best friends. When Lance squared had some dunk against South Carolina, and everyone just sat on the bench. They didn't even get up and cheer for him. It's embarrassing. It and looked like, you remember when Boston, Boston Fat got pushed in the Missouri yeah, sideline yeah. and no, none of the Kentucky football players went over there to mm-hmm. help him? That's what it looks like every yeah. single game.
0: The one thing that bothers me is we go out there and it just looks Laxadysical. It looks lazy. It looks
1: like we're playing in the mud. We're yes. lucky to score. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. How and I, last, you oh, know, Tuesday, Cal said he
1: wanted to score eighty. We scored sixty-eight against tu- South Carolina
0: Tuesday night. Was we gave up forty-two points in the first half. That's the total amount of points that Tennessee gave up in the fir- in, in the entire game. And we play them this Saturday, which we'll get to. But it looked like, and it was the first game that I truly realized what you've been saying all year of with eight seconds left. Savier is standing thirty-five feet out from the basket, and it's just figure it out. And at most, and there was at one point that happened, and he threw the ball up, and it hit the shot clock. It hit the shot clock. That's how bad of a shot it was.
1: But do you think that's on Savier or on Cal?
0: No, that the offense is on Cal. And I and I said this when I called you the other night after the game. I said, for the first time, also, we do nothing to get our best shooters three point looks. We have the seventh best three point field goal percentage in the country. Yet we shoot I think what 212 of most
1: I, I at least. Shot, I think we shot 9 against South Carolina.
0: And and so but here's what we did do. How many two pointers did Antonio Reeves shoot? I would say probably eight. Now he That's made some of them. Yep. But that is not using Antonio Reeves effectively. Every time
1: Jacob Toppin gets the ball, he tries to shoot mm-hmm. a mid-ranger.
0: Damian Collins had several pull-ups the other night.
1: Which is ridiculous. And
0: I will say this. Something that has been different this year, and I'll let Bryson make this point. You told me you've noticed something different about Oscar this year.
2: Um. Yes. I think that this year uh, Oscar has had a very empty stats. Um, like last year, he was dominant. He would All they'd have to do is pass him the ball and...
0: That's the thing. Oscar contributed on the offensive side of the ball last year. There were times where our offense was stagnant. And Corbin mentioned it earlier in this podcast of we don't have a basket getter. Oscar last year was our basket getter. We were all at the... But was he really? Well, hold on. We were all at the St. Peter's game and we actually were in the same seats. We were right next to each other. And every single time down when it was close, we said, get Oscar the ball and no one else. He had, you know, he had thirty point games last year. This year, it feels like to me. Well, he had thirty point games because he
1: had to have thirty point games. Do you want your six foot nine no, center? No, but to I be want your no, getter? but
0: I want a basket getter that isn't. This the, why don't
1: we use Wallace, who could actually take someone off the dribble instead of Sevier Wheeler? Well, and we or can Antonio get,
0: Reeves. And we can get to that, but to the Oscar thing, it's free throws, it's tip ins, it's offensive rebounds that maybe he dunks in. You know, fast break every dunks. Time,
1: and I've noticed, every time Oscar gets the ball down low, he forces it. Yes.
0: Well, it's because teams are triple-teaming him. And I think it goes to Cal's offense of Like, once we get the ball down to Oscar and he's being triple-teamed, we have no idea what to do after no, nothing.
1: that. Nothing. Nobody moves on the offense. And, when Oscar gets triple-teamed, he yeah. sits there and pulls it. Yeah. And nobody moves to get open. If you're triple team, that means two people are wide open. Yeah. I think that's definitely
2: Cal's fault. I think that when you have someone as dominant as Oscar you should be able to have
0: create a lot of open shots and And not doing that. And I talked about you know, we were sitting close to Cal and his positivity it's something I've never seen him do before. You know he was running up and down the bench, telling guys, "Let's go!" Giving them high fives. He's very positive. You know when the entire crowd would stand up, trying to get that one stop that it just seemed like we couldn't get until that 20 second mark. If we had gotten one stop in between the three minute mark where we were down three, and that 20 second, we if we gave could up have got, an
1: offensive rebound, we gave
0: up two they, offensive rebounds. If we could have gotten a game. stop in between that, I think we win the game. And Cal was into it, clapping, down in a defensive stance. He was doing everything he could to get a defensive stop. But when stop. you've
1: already lost the team, that's and, that's, like, and that's
0: a great point, because how do you get guys to play for you that aren't for you?
1: You don't. And getting in their face, clapping, fake clapping, they know that's not real. They yeah. know he's not really like that. I mean, they aren't idiots.
0: And one thing that is concerning is Oscar came out, and this is, again, Oscar kind of being his own thing. He came out and said that he told Cal in a meeting that he needs to be more optimistic, more positive with the guys. And Cal comes out immediately after Oscar and says, "No, that didn't happen." Why would he say? And I just think it's a disconnect from this team and the coaching staff, and that's what makes me feel. You know, up until the South Carolina game, I felt like I told you all we can turn this around. This is gonna be. People are comparing it to the Randall team that had ten regular season losses, yeah, that's not all that stuff, and. Now that we've lost this game. See, the Randall team didn't have games at home against the worst the team Randall that they team lost had. to. The
1: Randall team had potential. You could watch the Randall team play and say, in theory, Andrew Harrison, Aaron Harrison, Julius Randall. They could, I mean, Julius Randall's a star in the NBA. And Andrew and Aaron are two of the best point guards we've ever had at this school.
0: Well, it's not even potential to me. It's You could name things on that team that we did well. Name me one thing that this team does well, better than anyone. We don't do anything well. Maybe offensive rebound, but that's all awesome. Every single
1: game there's a new problem. And that's what hurts me so much is there's nothing can change unless you change everything. And that would be the
0: head coach. Alright, so let's 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 shift into that discussion. We're all gonna go around and just name one guy. We'll make a list, but name the one guy that if you can get be the head coach at Kentucky. If Cal left okay. for Texas, which, again, being there on Tuesday can't all night... we can the same guy. I th- yes, we can't all say the I same get, guy. I get him.
1: Right. If
0: we... If you were there, you you have to have the feeling that Cal will not be here next year. Just the deflateness of that arena.
1: Can we exempt Brad Stevens and Billy Donovan?
0: Yeah, Yes, because those guys are not coming. Brad Stevens is not leaving, being the GM of the Boston Celtics. <laughs> Billy Donovan's not coming back to college so he can recruit again. That's the reason he left. So name the guy that you want besides Cap. Brad, you can go first.
2: I've been saying this since the St. Peter's loss. He did say "J. Jay Wright. I've been played. preaching Jay G- Wright.
0: He has been on the Jay Wright train for a while. But the one thing I'll say about Jay Wright is he's 60. So you're only going to get a three- or four-year run with him, which maybe that's good for you. But if you look at Jay Wright's history at Villanova, now this was at Villanova, maybe he can get different talent at Kentucky. He either won the thing or he lost in the first round. That's why I used to be
1: one of the strongest Cal defenders, I think. I, I really used to like Cal, didn't I? You did. And I used to think he was better than Jay Wright. Well, to be fair, until 2017, he was better than Jay Wright. There was no one better than Cal from 2010 to 2017. But, I think right now, Jay Wright is a lot better I'll than mention Cal. this.
0: The one thing that Jay Wright, the only thing Jay Wright has over Cal in his career is he has one more win. And it was, and now it's a national championship win. But that's it.
1: And so... But Jay Wright's been to the Final Four, what, three times? Yes. And he's won it twice? Yes. So when... Granted, but that's my point. When you Jay don't, Wright's just good, one he wins. wins.
0: But, or... But or, how many Final Fours does Cal have, like... Four, Four, yes, and but, one. But here's the and they thing. have the
1: greatest college basketball team. No, in and tonight. I agree.
0: And that that's that's the one that if we win, we're probably not even having this conversation no. right now. But you know, Jay Wright, he's shown that he either loses in the first round, always gets upset, or wins the title. So that, that's a good take. And I, you know, if we had to pick today, I would want Jay Wright too. But we'll we'll go around the table. I can't say Jay Wright since Bryson already said him. Corbin, what do you want?
1: I guess if I can't take Jay Wright, and I can't take Brad Stevens and Billy Donovan. My next on the list would be either Chris Holtman or Eric Musselman. I don't want Chris Holtman.
0: Well, Chris Holtman's from Eric Kentucky. Musselman. That's why people want him. And But I think it's telling that you had to sit there and think, well, I guess. When we hired Cal, it was you cannot miss on but this guy. This
1: is a point I brought up on the phone. Will there ever be another John Calipari that takes a Memphis or a UMass to a Final Four?
0: Probably not, but I'm saying there also is not... A guy that you're even maybe halfway confident. What if Nate
1: Oates takes Alabama to the Final Four? Because they're freaking good.
0: Well, okay, and that's what we talked about. I said, look, Nate Oates has not yet made an Elite Eight. If he can make an Elite Eight, if he can make a Final Four at Alabama where every single dollar coming from donors goes to football, then maybe you look at him. And he's 48. You go back to you said Musselman and and Holtman. Holtman's from Kentucky. That's why people want him. He lost to a 15 seed. I don't want Chris Holtman. I think he's probably last of these guys that we're talking about.
1: I think he's like the safe option because you could definitely pull him from. Well,
0: exactly, exactly. Now Musselman. This is what shocked me. Musselman's 58. That's just a few years younger than Cal. And yeah, but Cal.
1: He's he's just different with Calipari because Cal wants to quit and either run for the Senate or do TV. Yeah, Musselman. I think Musselman will coach f- for yeah. a lot long. He has he's got many 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 more years compared and to Cal.
0: Musselman has recruited well this year at Arkansas. Now the question. And for is, next season. Well, the question is, can he maintain it? What's he do with this year's Arkansas? They got beat by Alabama at yeah, home last they, night. You're right. So, you know, you've named those two. I guess the two I would probably name would be Nate Oates. Or I guess Nate Oates, he's forty eight. He's got this revolutionary offense. The one thing I don't like about this offense, and it's gonna it's it's gonna be what takes them out of the tournament this year, is when they don't make their threes, you see how good they are. Right? Against Kentucky in that first half, they weren't making their threes and they, you know, scored, I think, a season low in the first half because they weren't making threes. And every single year, the reason they haven't made it to an elite eight, which I think differentiates teams that are great from average, is Getting to the elite eight, and they'll never get there, in my opinion, because they the way they play. And there's going to be a game if you've got to win six games. There's going to be a game where you don't hit your threes. There might be two games where you hit your threes. And what do you do if that's the case? Um, but that so I guess that's the guy I would go with, unless you wanted to go with Scott Drew down in Baylor at Baylor.
1: No, I don't um, like Scott Drew. Well, I've heard Scott Drew's name the past couple of days. And I don't really have a reason to not like Scott exactly. Drew. The he's only reason never... I don't like Scott Drew is because he's quiet.
0: Well, yes, and can he recruit? You never hear a guy, oh, I'm go- I'm committed to the University of Baylor. He recruited all those transfers and won an absolute championship. And see, but yes, but is that a one-off deal? That was the first year that you could transfer. You know, he took it. He, what Cal did with one and done, he did with transfers, and they went and won. Now, that was After a, a
1: Baylor player killed him. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, he took that.
0: I mean, there was... Baylor basketball players murdering each other when he took that thing over, and he took him to a Final Four and then a, and then Won a the championship. championship. So that's who I would go with, one of those two guys. But the—but again, I'll go back to the point that no one is definitively going to do better than Cal. And until you can name me a guy that you feel confident is going to do better and give you a run, like I, I think Jay Wright would do just as well, but you know, he's got three years, and then you're in this situation again. And what we've learned at Kentucky is we hire great coaches. But we've also hired some duds. And I think if you go from these last four years that cows had that have been dud years, and then you hire a dud coach, we turn into what Indiana's got.
1: I don't think we'll ever turn into Indiana into Indiana because we just care more. And that ever. might
0: be the one difference. Because we're going to
1: go to that Georgia game on Tuesday at yeah, 9, we'll 9 all o'clock. Be there. We'll all be there. And, the, I mean, the place won't have 20000 but it'll have seven it'll have more or than eight. Indiana ever gets. Yeah, so Indiana has to curtain off some of the stands. Like we won't turn into Indiana just because of the fans, and that's what really disappoints me about Cal not winning is how much these people care, how much it means to the people of Kentucky.
0: The one thing, and there's you know, we'll get we've done you know several reports today. The final one that we'll get to before we take a break and get to some of the calls is Cal has thirty million dollars from NBA players, his former players, to build a new practice facility.
1: And if we could ask Cal a question, I know Matt Jones was saying that he wouldn't ask him and Drew Franklin was scared to ask him. I just want to tell NCAA and Kentucky, if you get me a media pass, I will ask him.
0: See, and so what we're, what we're referring to is Cal's got $30 million from his NBA players to build a new practice facility, and Mitch Barnhart still won't let him.
1: And nobody will ask either of them because they're scared of both of them. Rightfully but so. but
0: the reason I bring that up is because again, if the fans don't want him out, it might be the athletic director that wants him out. This might be Mitch Barnhart's way of firing Cal without paying the fifty-five million, pushing him out the door because well, he because other schools don't have to. the athletic
1: director out. Well, I do
0: too, and he's got three. And that's another thing about hiring a coach. He's got three years left on his contract. So in theory, the guy he hires next, assuming Cal leaves this year, if he does, the new athletic director. Say, if you hired Jay Wright. The new athletic director is going to have to come in with a basketball coach that he didn't hire, and it's probably going to leave soon.
1: Yeah, but how he's could got you to make be that mad hire. with coming in and having Jay Wright, who's won two national championships, competing for a third? Well,
0: I'm just saying you're going to have two different athletic directors make two different basketball hires in a span of probably three or four years. So if you, I would agree, I would I'd trust
1: the win, Peavy.
0: If that's yeah, and that's probably that'll probably be who it is. But again, other schools don't have to pay cows by a fifty-five million. All they have to do is just, you know, sign him. He does he walks for free. And this might I think it's honestly the way Mitch Barnhart is pushing Cal out. But we'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to answer some of your calls. And this has been the Kentucky Sports Podcast. Welcome back to the KSP Podcast presented to you by the Kentucky Sports Productions. We're now going to take your calls from our Instagram feed, which you can go follow and, and uh, keep up with us. On, get the
1: phone number and call in. Get,
0: get the phone number and call in. It's going to be at Kentucky Sports Productions, all one word. And at first, it looks like we have Colton on line one. Colton, where are you from? Uh, I'm from Cynthia, Kentucky. How you all doing today? Good, Colton from Cynthia. What do you got for us today? You
2: know, my question to you all is, over the past few years, ever since NIL money has been introduced, you've seen top-notch programs in basketball like Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, take a step backwards. And I want to know, do you think these so-called greatest coaches of all time, such as D. John Calipari, do you think that their edge in recruiting was money, and now that that's been taken away, you know, they no longer possess the advantage of some other coaches?
1: Colton, I have one question for you. Is making the Final yep. Four or winning the national championship going backwards? Because North Carolina made the Final Four last year. Duke made the Final Four last year. And Kansas won the thing last year. So really, the only program that's taken a real step back has been us. Because we didn't, and that's the we didn't even win a game in I March.
2: That's the real program I care about.
1: You do, know? Are you asking if so we think that Cal used money to previously? recruit? Yes. No
2: do, do you all think that now that NIL money has been introduced, Cal can no longer recruit and win games because he can't pay players.
0: DJ
1: Wagner signed a deal with Drake.
0: Well also, I mean, Bill Self literally got suspended because it proved that he played paid players before NIL. And now, since NIL's come to come to fruition, he's won a title during the NIL era. So, you know, maybe it's just cow I
2: can say coaches can adjust all the time. I don't think that's the problem. What I'm talking about is my Kentucky Wildcats are not
1: winning. They have no good players the past three years. Colton, that's not true. Colton, we had the National Player of the Year last year. Colton, is the National Player of the Year not good enough for you?
2: We lost to St.
3: Peter's. We lost to St. Peter's. But that's not on the players. That's not on the players,
1: players, Colton. We're not going to make the tournament with the top ten draft pick and and the National Player of the Year.
2: If Xavier Wheeler is playing the point, at some point you have to say, where did it go wrong?
1: Severe Wheeler led the SEC in assists two years in a row. He's not a bad player.
2: He's not good enough to take his national championship. I think we can all agree
0: on that. I, 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 agree. I, agree, I agree with you, but Cal recruited but, him. Well, here's the thing, too. I think a bigger point, if not just, well, Cal recruited him, too, but it's the inability for Cal to see that Casey Wallace might be a better point guard choice. And instead, he keeps rolling with Xavier and it's not working. I but, agree because when,
1: when Ty Ty ran the point last year, the offense flowed so much smoother. Kellen Grady ran the point for one game, and yeah. we beat Alabama.
0: And the one thing you can never question about Cal is his loyalty to players. He, if you come back, you're going to be in the starting lineup, right? He he values those guys who come back, and I think he owe, he feels oh, like he owes it to Severe to put him in a situation where, in Cal's mind, he can be successful. But if you watch the South Carolina game, you see with eight seconds left in the shot clock, that is not... what well, you have the ball in Sevier Wheeler's hand with eight seconds in the shot clock. That is not a formula to make him successful. No way. You got anything else, Colton?
2: You guys are making all great points. My last question is, do you think the programs are able to compete with UK because of NIL money? That's all I'm asking. Overall, do you think that is a factor?
0: I think... I I think so. I think if you're trying to take the stance of this isn't all on Cal, that's the environment that we're in. I think that's a legitimate, you know, it's a legitimate point. But I don't feel we can completely dismiss what's happened to the last four years solely on this nil issue. Yeah, and we appreciate a, the I'm, call, Colton from Cynthia. Thank you for calling in. All right, and you know, it, it's it's great to have people who think that way, but you know, to me. I don't feel you can blame all of this what's happening on something outside of the common denominator, which is cow. Right? Now we've got David online too. David, where are you from?
2: I mean, I'm from Richmond.
0: David from Richmond, what do you got for us today?
2: Alright, uh, my question to you all is do you believe there is a beef between Severe and Oscar? Mm-hmm. And if so, what do you say to people who just say to just get rid of Severe or what do you think Coach Cow should do if he's not just going to get rid of Severe?
0: Well, David, are you a Severe fan? I kind of am, yes, sir. And what do you see in him? Before we answer your question of the beef, and we've kind of hinted at that, but we'll we'll answer your question more in detail. But what do you like about Severe? That do you think he's a better option at point other than Casey Wallace?
2: Well, I think we haven't really seen Casey Wallace run the point other than uh, maybe a game or two. And
1: maybe a play think, or two. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, so I think, uh, uh, you can't, he's the only one on on the team that can really dribble the ball and move it
1: around. I agree and with David. You like can't it, knock severe because Cal's no, putting him exactly. in a bad Exactly. I
0: think Cal has put him in situations where severe is not a shooter. He can't even shoot foul shots. He's shoots so, like 40%. So having him drive, from well, from I mean free throws. So having him drive to the rim with the with the the mindset of, okay, well, if he misses, at least he'll get fouled. Well, that's not successful either because when he does get fouled, he misses the free throws. Now to address David from Richmond's point uh, about Oscar and, and Sevier's beef, we've we've addressed it a little bit. But I I just think that those two guys are they're older than the rest of the team. They're so much older than the rest of the team, and I think you have an issue of you've got these young guys who've got their click. You've got the guys that have been here for a few years; they've got their click, and then you've kind of got Oscar and Severe who came in last year, and they're basically the only returners on this team. Jacob Toppin. Well, Lance besides weird. Jacob Toppin, Lance Lance. I'm talking about the good guys though. Severe and I, Oscar are the by two. By God, I
1: wish we had Bryce Hopkins. Well, uh-huh. right, but
0: so, Oscar and Severe are the two guys that kind of led the team last year, and they're back, so they're kind of you know. They're in the same boat, and for whatever reason, I don't know what's happened behind the scenes, but but it's clearly something.
1: We will find out.
0: Oh, we, it will come out. It will come we'll out be because. The first to report it. Yeah, and we will no, be the first I'm to report it. Very
1: hard to find out.
0: Yeah, David from Richmond, is that all you have for us today? Uh, yeah, I think that's it. All right, we appreciate the call. Thank you. All right, on line three, we've got Blake. Blake, where are you from?
2: Uh, I'm from Hazard, Kentucky.
0: All right, Blake from Hazard. What's your question for us?
2: I want to know what your guys' opinion uh, on if John Calipari left the University of Kentucky. What kind of influence do you think that would have on the university?
0: Well, I think that Kentucky is no—I feel like Cal is the last coach— That is great in college basketball when you look at his career. Bill Self. Well, okay, mm -hmm. Bill Self maybe has has an argument. But if you look at Cal's career, he's the greatest that's still there besides maybe Bill Self. And so you take him out of the picture, Kentucky, in my opinion, matters less. No matter who you hire after Cal, they matter less because you no longer have that influential figure there. Do you all agree?
1: Yep. Unless you hire Jay Wright. Unless you get Jay
0: Wright. That's the one guy that you could hire. Well, Tom is that was a stupid argument, which we'll get into a different time. Jay Wright ain't going nowhere. And that's and see, that's what we talked about.
1: Blake, Jay Wright has won two national championships compared to Cal's one.
2: Well, Cal Perry's also got I mean, have you looked at his record? I mean, I know last year and this year killing his record. I mean, he's gonna leave the University of Kentucky saying, what, he went about even?
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, (laughs) not about even. Well, here's I mean, the thing, Blake. Even. I mean, the football team in the last, you know, 71 games or something has the exact same number of no, wins as the basketball team.
1: they have a higher win percentage. They yeah. have one more win than the basketball team. I mean, you
2: can say that, but you don't hear anybody talking about UK football.
0: You're right. Okay. Well, Blake, we appreciate the call. Thank you.
2: Yes, sir. Thank you.
0: On line four, line four, we've got Noah. Noah, where are you from?
3: From Litchfield, Kentucky.
0: Litchfield, Kentucky. Noah from Litchfield. I what you got? Litchfield. We love Litchfield. What do you too. got for us, Noah?
3: Yeah. Well, okay, well, I got a little comment for you, here, and I'm, and I'm going to say it, and then I'm going to let this like stew in your brain, and I, I want to hear what you have to say about it. Okay. I think John Calipari doesn't care anymore. I don't think he's cared for a very long time, and you can definitely tell the way this season's gone, the way these previous seasons have gone. Oh. Now, I want to hear what you think about that.
0: Well, i like Corbin Starr because he shares an opinion with you, but then I'm going to ask you a question because I don't necessarily believe that, but I'm going to let the one guy on this okay. podcast that does agree with you go ahead and make it what he's got to say.
1: Noah, do you think Cal Perry cares about winning?
3: I think Cal Perry likes to think he cares about winning, but in reality he just likes to like publish whatever is going to make him look best. If, if that's sending kids to the NBA, to the next level, and this, that's what's going to make you look best, then I think that's what he's going to push In terms of winning, I mean, maybe. I I mean, I don't know. Noah, noah. Sorry, I can say maybe.
1: Noah, let me talk. I think Calipari cares about winning. Calipari wants to win every single game. He's a competitor at his core. Would you agree?
3: He's got some fire in him the way he yells on that sideline, but I mean, I don't know if it's the same as past years.
1: Okay, I I want to tell you something. I agree with you that he doesn't care, but. He cares about winning. He just doesn't care about winning at Kentucky.
0: He doesn't care about okay. the name on the front, is what you're saying.
1: He he'd be okay with winning at Texas, or Memphis, or UMass.
0: And that's what scares me the most.
1: I, I agree with you, Noah. He doesn't care about winning at Kentucky. Well, let me let me go off on this point. And Do you? Why should he be the Kentucky coach if he doesn't want to win here?
0: But I think I, I think th-
3: I think I think you're right. To tell you the truth, why should he be the coach if he doesn't want to win here? I don't want to
1: win now. I want his program to win. I agree,
3: no.
0: <laughs> but, but here's the thing, Corbin, and you, you can admit this, I feel like. Cal has a sense of pride about him. He, he's a coach. He's coaching. He wanted to win at UMass. He wanted to win at Memphis. He wanted to win at Kentucky. He doesn't owe Kentucky anything. Why I disagree with you oh, 100%. Owe's more he owes what Kentucky. What does he not owe to us? Because what part? he came here with the, with the job of a, of a lifetime. But and? but and hold on I'm not done don't not interrupt winner me winner. hold on hold on and just because you get a
3: paycheck I let me talk just because you get a paycheck does not mean that you don't get to stop winning he does owe us something he owes us wins <laughs> he owes the and fans everything
1: okay. there's no I point in know. coaching there's no point in coaching if it's not for the fans
0: but here's the thing he has Die done. Dog. He has done fundraisers. He has done everything yeah, for the so fans. So if he, so if we are the one, we are the very ones you say the fans. The fans are the ones pushing him out. What does he owe That's the people? Right. What does he owe the people that are pushing him out? Supposed to stay Please. so they can hate him more?
1: I if, I want, if, if, if he to would prove win, wrong, We wouldn't how how push him out.
0: Say,
3: how about you put your feet into the mud, put a little cement around him, and you show you got some guts to sit there? Do you think the people on D Day, the beast of Norm- you think they cowered and went away to Texas? No, they put their feet in the mud. They submitted themselves in. By God, they
2: showed the Germans who the who the you know who we were.
1: You know, Cal wouldn't survive a day in Normandy, uh-uh. would he? Cal probably wouldn't get off the ship. Well, I, but but look, joking, I, that I doesn't
0: that doesn't change the fact that you you feel Cal owes it to us to not go somewhere else.
1: I think it's a very weak move. If he can't win here, but he has to go somewhere else. He I says think, to recruits okay, this is
3: what I fear Cal. if he goes somewhere else, he will be tainted as a coward.
1: To I agree a thousand percent. he says to recruits career. that Kentucky's not for everyone. Why does that not apply to the head coach? If Kentucky's Agreed. not for you, that means you're too weak to play here.
0: But hold on, let me let me say this before I, before I get interrupted. Let me say this, Cal. He, you, you, you told me. Because I said, no matter where he goes, he's going to take the guys that we've got coming in next year with him, right? And then, well, you said, he owes it to us to just retire and not do that. But I told you, I said, he doesn't owe us anything. If he wants to keep coaching, then he should be able to keep coaching. He doesn't owe it to us to end his career when we want him to end his career. That's my point.
1: He owes it to us not to be
0: weak.
3: But, he, but, owes
1: it, he He does owe it to
3: us to end his career here. Kentucky basketball is what made John Calipari. Yep. At no mm-hmm. point did Coach K leave. Tom mm-hmm. Izzo will never leave. Yep. Like those saved, like those guys who he's supposed to Memphis, be on par with, they didn't leave and go to a different program at a sight of a little adversity.
0: Okay, but K hold on, Noah. Does
3: deserve to retire.
1: Amen,
0: Noah. This
3: is what yep. has made him. Coach
0: K changed. Noah, here's the thing. Do you think that... that the fans want Calipari still.
3: As a as an avid fan, I want Calipari still, and here's why: I, I love Calipari to death, and I want to see it work out with all my heart. I love Calipari, but I mean, you you can't cower, you can't cower and walk yep. away from something like this.
0: Okay, but I think you're I think you would agree that you're in the minority of that. So why should he have to stay somewhere where no one wants him? Or his other choice, other than staying somewhere where no one wants him, is stop doing what he wants to do. That just doesn't seem fair to me, or logical. Which is, I think, is what bothers me the most—that it's not a logical debate.
3: Because Calipari owes it to the fans uh-huh. and us, the people that want him to stay. You say you say a fan base that doesn't want him to stay. Well, I mean, that's a, maybe a few. That's a minority. I think that's the minority in, in these fake fans of uh, Kentucky basketball. I agree. I think the minority so the truest, would be the that. The truest fans, they don't want to see Noah, him walk.
1: I think the minority would be fans that think Cal can just leave when he's not winning.
0: Exactly. All right. Well, we appreciate the call, Noah. I think thank you. Expect- We'd like to thank uh, all of our callers who called in today. We appreciate the uh, the, uh fans of our show calling in giving their opinion we love interacting with them we hope you do that every single week um you know we are kentucky sports uh productions you know we're doing this podcast uh every week so subscribe follow the instagram at kentucky sports productions we have a youtube channel kentucky sports productions as well give those things a follow a subscribe keep up with us every single week and uh, be engaged call in dm us and we'll get back to you thank you all.